Welcome back to House of Bravo, where we break down Bravo shows and personalities from a cosmic perspective. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. Each week, we'll uncover the underlying energies shaping the drama both on screen and off, from current astro weather and events to deep dives into Bravo Liberty's energetics. This is your one-stop shop podcast to get your Bravo fix while learning to decode the language of the stars. Hey friends, what's up? I hope you had a wonderful week. I am feeling like I am really coming back to life. I think part of that definitely has to do with the fact that the sun is out more It's feeling like spring. My bear instincts are like slowly waking up from hibernation and ready to come out of my cave. I've been being more social and pushing myself out of, yeah, my literal cave where I now sit and record this. But we have a lot of things to discuss this week. Lots going on. We are getting into the full swing of Aquarius season Mercury is going to move into Aquarius. Oh, sorry. Mercury did move into Aquarius on the 5th. The 9th, which is when this episode will be released, is there's going to be a new moon in Aquarius. So new moon is a time for new beginnings, planting seeds of what you want to manifest. I manifest this is bringing things forward into existence, into your reality, creation. That's what I mean when I say manifest. It's really just creation. So new moons are a great time to set intentions for what it is that you want to create, what it is that you want to forge forward towards. And this new moon in Aquarius, so we have the Aquarian themes of innovation, technology, community, humanitarianism, you know, all these themes that we've been talking about in relation to the archetype of Aquarius. This particular new moon in Aquarius is actually going to be squaring Uranus in Taurus. And this is why this is interesting. The ruler, the modern ruler of Aquarius is Uranus. Traditionally, it's Saturn. Then Uranus was discovered and it then became the modern ruler of the sign Aquarius. Uranus has the themes of shock disruption. So it has similar themes that we see with Aquarius of kind of disrupting the norm in order to forge something new, forge something different. A square is a harsh aspect, but these harsh aspects are what push us to grow. So the fact that this new moon is squaring its ruler really is a chance for us to really shake things up and grow. So that's exciting. That's an exciting time for us. Then next week on the 13th, we have Mars moving in Aquarius. And on Valentine's Day, we'll have Mars conjunct Pluto in Aquarius. That's going to be interesting, guys. Um, We also have, I mean, it's not direct yet, but we have Chiron conjunct the North Node in Aries. So really, we've got so many opportunities in this month of February for change, for change, for if you feel like you've been moving down the wrong path, a chance to switch it up and get off that path and re, um, 
recalibrate yourself towards a new one. It's an opportunity to, um, if you've been feeling stuck and confused, it's an opportunity to get out of that. This new moon is a great opportunity to kind of channel genius. Mercury in Mercury in Aquarius, which again happened on the fifth. That's all. That's the genius placement. You know, it's about downloading these really insightful, um, kind of otherworldly knowings. So we have a lot of opportunities this month for change, for expansion, for evolution. So that's really exciting. Speaking of evolution and change, we had the announcement that Candy is not going to be returning to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And as much as I love Candy, I think I said over the past year or two that I do think it's her time to move on. I just feel like, first of all, she's given us so much and she's been on the show for 14 years. That in itself, that's longer than many things. 14 years is a long time to be doing something. And I think we could see that she was kind of burnt out and just so disengaged and uninterested with this platform. And that's like not going to be the last we see of Candy, either on Bravo or just in general. I mean, the woman's a fucking powerhouse and that's not going to change anytime soon. When we look at her chart and the transits currently happening, she's been going through her Jupiter return. So that's still happening. Her Jupiter is in Taurus. Um, And a Jupiter return is really a time of like blessings. Jupiter is the planet of wisdom. It's the planet of luck. It's the planet of growth, of um, expansion. And your Jupiter return happens approximately every 12 years. So that Jupiter return is an opportunity for us to expand, to grow, and to embody what our natal Jupiter is inherently about. So with the natal Jupiter in Taurus, it's this ability to really acquire riches, acquire material things, to have the luxuries and just like indulge in all that life has to offer. I mean, Candy has clearly done that for herself. And so it's really, I'm excited to see what it is she brings forth moving forward. Taurus also rules rules the throat. Candy is a singer. She's a songwriter and she's working towards her EGOT. And at least in the human design system, the throat also rules that word manifestation. But again, that's just creation. So this is kind of like bolstering Candy's abilities to create. It's reinvigorating her to go back to the basics, so to speak, in how she creates. I, like, I don't see this as her slowing down. It's more a refocusing of her priorities. Something else that we saw in the news this week that I just absolutely love, and we've joked about this before, but now it's like, we're seeing it come to life, is Elizabeth Holmes and Jen Shaw were photographed in the prison yard together. I was going to call it the schoolyard. Um, They were photographed in the prison yard, just like chit-chatting along. So I pulled up their charts, and here were some things that stuck out to me. 
First of all, they have trining suns. A trine is a an aspect of ease and flow. So the fact that their suns are trining, Jen's is in Libra and Elizabeth's is in Aquarius. Their suns are in air signs. They have this nice um, trine moving between them. So it kind of is showing that their egos are in line. Um, they can shine together. They can kiki together, so to speak. Elizabeth's Pluto in Scorpio is conjunct Jen's Mercury in Scorpio. I see this as like Elizabeth can really have a profound impact on how Jen thinks, but they can also have some really deep conversations. I mean, Pluto, power, Mercury, your intellect, your your how you think, how you see things, how you, yeah, what you're talking about. So being in Scorpio, first of all, I bet they're having some really deep conversations about some dark topics, maybe swapping some tips on whatever it was that landed them in jail. Elizabeth's chart in general is really fascinating. And maybe I'll do like a breakout assessment of her at another date. Let me know if you guys would be interested in that. She's got a ton of Scorpio placements. Um, a lot of Capricorn placements at Sun in Aquarius. Like, did she believe what she was trying to create and sell, or was it all a scam? It's the question that's on. Well, I don't know about everyone's mind, but I've been thinking about that ever since she came into my purview a few years ago. Just fascinated by Elizabeth Holmes. I don't know when either her or Jen were born, so I don't know the degree of their moon placements or their rising signs. What's really interesting to me is that Elizabeth's Jupiter, which is conjunct her Neptune and Capricorn, is also conjunct Jen's North Node in Capricorn. Like that and the Mercury-Pluto together. I'm really curious to see how Elizabeth is going to be impacting Jen because there's definitely something happening here. At Jupiter on Jen's North Node, I can see, I would not really be surprised if the two of them had some venture together either while they're in jail, once they get out of jail. I'm pretty sure Jen is going to be released before Elizabeth. I haven't checked um, their dates, but I just just the scale of what they both did although there's always getting released on good behavior but yeah like the 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 influence of elizabeth's neptune on jen's north node like what kind of what kind of growth is it going to be you know like is there going to be some delusion involved probably i mean the two of them are both Clearly so deluded already to have done what they did to end up where they are. So anyway, I just love this little budding friendship. I'm curious to see what comes of it. Okay, so speaking of questionable behavior, I have to get into this past episode of Miami. It was a continuation of the gondola ride that we started last week. I mean, this was the gondola ride from hell. This was probably like, what a roller coaster. I felt like I was on a Disney ride, 
like what's the maybe the Pirates of the Caribbean or it's a small world I don't remember I was three when I went there but just it's like you keep going from one tableau to the next and so many things were happening and so many like we had fights we had kissing we had creepy doll island we had Garrity going like having a medical issue like what a roller coaster I just felt so awful for Julia I mean I think probably everyone watching that did but how interesting actually that here is like just the day before or who who knows when these how these things are edited but they were just at the church and she had said that she hasn't gone into a church since her son passed away and she was trying to find solace in in God and didn't find any solace. But she went to this church for Garrity, for um, Alexia. And now, hours later, days later, however many whatever's later, she's confronted with this terrifying island of creepy dolls that would honestly shake anybody but someone who had lost a child. I mean, Oh, my God. And please tell me how Alexia and or production didn't know that that was going to be part of the situation. I can't imagine that production doesn't know exactly where tours are going to be taken or whatever the case may be. So whoever knew about that and didn't do something, that's fucked up. Like, I don't, I wouldn't call that good TV. I call that traumatizing behavior. And that's just really gross. And then the fact that they stayed there, like, I get that's your bathroom break, but can't you find another place to stop to go to the bathroom? I don't know. That whole thing seemed a little calculated to me. Also, Larsa, like, clearly, I don't know her personally. But from what we see of Larsa on this show, time and time again, she just seems like the least compassionate person I've ever witnessed in my life, which, okay, fine, like she has an Aquarius moon, so do I. And the Aquarius moon is, okay, we don't know her time, but by sign, it's in opposition to that Mars in Leo. So there's going to be some some tie to like caring about your group, your people. So this inability to show compassion. I mean, even when we look at her cancer placement, she's got her son, her Mercury, and her Saturn in cancer. And maybe that Saturn is what's really kind of putting a lid on the compassion. But those placements are squaring her Pluto in Libra. Libra about finding balance, about kind of, it's a people-pleasing placement. So it's very confusing to me that Larsa time and time again just kind of shows this inability to care about what someone else is going through. It's confusing to me. It makes me wonder like that about that Saturn in Cancer. Cancer is known to either be overly emotional or super guarded from sharing their emotions. So that tied to her son and Mercury, maybe it's kind of like pulling her towards the the shell, the hard shell of what a cancer could be. <sighs> but I mean, again, like when I'm looking at that, the placements, 
those cancer placements are trining a Jupiter in Pisces. Pisces is known to be very compassionate, very emotional. So I'm, I mean, yeah, clearly this, this, this chart can go either way, but wow, Larsa does not cease to amaze me with her seeming lack of compassion. Speaking of lack of compassion, Lisa, my God, or I don't even know if that's a lack of compassion so much as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Selfishness, close-sightedness, self-absorbed, self-absorbency, I guess is what it is. Like Lisa's so caught up in herself that she like right now is not being able to see anything else. That situation with Kiki was also really sad to me. There was a lot of sadness in this boat ride, in this gondola ride. I wish I knew Kiki's birth information. Google says it's June 17th, 1989. But the two times she posted on Instagram about her birthday, she's posted on the 18th. She's never mentioned her age. And no one's really called her out for being young or younger. She also carries herself in this very mature way. Not that she can't be 34 and do that, but I don't know. I just so like all we really know is she's a Gemini. I, I would love to know more about Kiki. I would love to know more about her story. Like she kind of gives me Bethany vibes, old school Bethany vibes of seeing herself as not really fitting in with the rest of the woman. She talks about how she doesn't have, she never had the opportunities that they did, how she's fought for everything that she has, how, um, you know, she's really struggled to raise her children. She's never mentioned a man. We don't know if she's been married. We don't know it. Like we don't really know anything about Kiki. So I would love to see more of her. I would love for her to become an actual housewife so that we're brought more into her world because she seems like a true, interesting, real person. I know Lisa's going through a lot, but everything that she's like, ugh, it was just icky. It was it was icky. I just got such gross vibes. And, you know, then when Kiki's trying to explain to her at the pride party. Like explain Lisa's actions to her and how it hurt Kiki, because like you're basically shitting on how Kiki was raised. And then Lisa says, don't try to twist my words like there was no twisting. That's what you delivered. And if that's not how you feel, that's one thing. But that is what you delivered. So I'm interested to see how that plays out at the reunion. And I would really love to know Kiki's birth information. Because, yeah, I think she's interesting. And I would love to see kind of the inner workings of her from her energetic perspective. Lisa, it's funny because she's got her Venus, her North Node in Cancer, so yes, her family is very important to her, but you should be aware of what's going on with your friends too. Over in Beverly Hills, I thought the scene with the ashes was so funny for so many reasons. First of all, how stereotypical that the ashes got on all the women. I feel like every time you see an ash spreading ceremony, at least on tv the ashes blow back towards you you'd think people would check the location and the wind i'm glad that it didn't seem to bother sutton i don't know i feel like if i was spreading someone's ashes and they didn't go where i had intended them to i would be upset but then i guess like ashes are ashes and they're gonna go where they go 
but that was kind of comical. And then I thought it was really cute that Sutton made a joke how Merce um, liked to leap or he was known for his leaps or jumps or something. Here it was like a joke of him leaping over her and landing on the ladies. Also, personal note, I was telling my mom about esophagate when we were talking this week. I don't even remember how it came up. Oh, she used the word esophagus and I started laughing and then explained esophagate to her. We started talking about my grandma. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago that my grandma also has a small esophagus. So my mom started doing research and she really does think that my grandma has this condition. And now we're going to look into getting a procedure done on my grandma's esophagus to stretch it out. But I, I just think it's really funny that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills might change the trajectory of my grandmother's life, <laughs> all thanks to esophagate becoming such a big thing. So while Anne-Marie was very fucked up for all of that, and it's just so strange because she said in the epi- one of the episodes that she did research in her medical books and couldn't find anything about a small esophagus. Meanwhile, a quick Google will show that that is a condition. Anyway, if this changes my grandma's life, like that's just really funny to me. My my obsession with housewives will have uh, done something good, at least. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. This episode, it was fine. Nothing too exciting. Um, Erica, Erica is so funny to me because she's still going on about how these women have hurt her. Totally understand that she's hurt by these women. But Erica herself, if that wasn't her in that situation, she would have questioned shit too. I think it is interesting that she can't see where the women are coming from because she's so hurt by their actions. Erica's another one with cancer placements. You know, it's really funny because actually all the people who I know, no, not all. I would say more cancers that I know than not are not great at showing their emotions and aren't great. Like they're emotional, but it's going on underneath the surface. And Erica also has an Aquarius moon. It's and actually, you know, Erica's chart is kind of similar not similar in the way of the placements are similar but the energetics are kind of similar to Larsa's because we just talked about Larsa's cancer placements her um Aquarius moon that is in opposition to a Leo placement and Erica has that as well Erica has an Aquarius moon and it's in opposition to well her Mercury in Leo whereas Larsa's was her Mars and Leo. But I find it interesting that these two women have a uh, this kind of wall up that's keeping them from either showing their emotions or being able to relay their emotions to others in a way that seems compassionate. I mean, I've used that word with Larsa and all the women have used that word with Erica. So just something I find interesting. And you know, a lot of people would attribute that just to the Aquarius moon, but like I have an Aquarius moon and I, I'm emotional. (laughs) Like ask people in my life. I've, especially the past few years, like I'm just a crying mess. And I have, uh, I have both cancer and Leo placements as well. Not the same placements that these ladies have, but I have that same mix of energy. So, um, 
Yeah, I do. I just find it interesting. If I had a camera in my face, if I were in this setting, would I be able to detach and not show that if that's not what I want to show the world? I don't know. And hopefully I'll never figure out because I never want a camera in my face in the way that these people have. But yeah, I, I think uh, that connection between Erica and Larsa is very interesting. Um. I'm also I'm so happy for Erica that she has this bet it all on blonde show. How amazing to be at this stage of your life. You know, a lot of women and I think we're starting to change this perception about your 40s, 50s, 60s. But historically, if you were a woman of a certain age, your life was seemingly over. And Erica's life really is just beginning um, from the looks of it. She's got a Vegas residency. I also, I thought it was kind of a backhanded compliment that Sutton said, this is a big deal for you. I mean, that would be a big deal for anyone, for any performer of any kind to have a, a residency in Vegas. But I am, I'm really excited for Erica. We spoke about Sutton's Chiron return in Aries Last week, Erica's also going through her Chiron return in Aries, and I we're seeing similar themes with her and Sutton where, you know, Erica's released Tom from her life. She said on Watch What Happens Live recently, she doesn't talk to him anymore. She's really cut him out of her life, and she's moving on in a new direction. Um, and she's completely, from what we know, self-sufficient at this point. That's very Chiron return in Aries. She's coming into her own, creating her new path. We do know that Erica is a Cancer rising. Jupiter then by whole sign is transiting through her 11th house, 11th house of our social networks, our capacity for fulfilling our dreams. So Jupiter transiting through Erica's 11th house in Taurus, like her her dreams of of being a performer, Taurus being associated with a body and dance and your voice and um, fulfilling your dreams. I mean, her dream is coming true. So I think that's super cool. So something else with Erica that I thought was interesting in this episode was Crystal was the only one who, um, at least on camera, apologized to Erica for the part that she played in her hurt. And when we look at their synastry, Crystal's sun is conjunct Erica's moon in Aquarius. So it's like your sun, your ego, kind of acknowledging Erica's moon, her emotions. So I did think that was just a fun little astro tidbit that I saw between the two of them. Because I don't think we've seen much of this pairing. Maybe I'm just not remembering, but I don't really remember seeing much between the two of them. They do have trining Venuses, Erica's in Cancer, Crystal's in Pisces. So I do feel that they could have, you know, I think they could be friends. Not only is Crystal's sun conjunct Erica's moon and their Venuses are trining, but we also have some, like both of their north nodes are being activated by a placement of the other's chart. So Erica's north node in Aquarius is being activated by Crystal's sun in Aquarius. They're conjunct. And Crystal's north node in Cancer is conjunct Erica's Venus in Cancer. 
So this is really lovely sinistry that we're seeing. Erica's son in Cancer is opposing Crystal's Mercury in Capricorn. So there could be some um, push and pull between Erica's ego maybe being... Um, the word that's coming to me is like put in... Pl- put in her place by crystals venus by crystals mercury but that's not really what i mean it just could be it could be challenging a mercury in capricorn is going to be stubborn it's going to kind of like it's like a very methodical cautious placement so i don't remember if she was one of the people that was questioning erica but i wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be surprised at all, especially in relation to Erica's compassion, that son in cancer, um, Erica's family life, whatever was going on with Tom. So I, I don't remember if Crystal. Yeah, I'm sure I don't remember seeing it, but just from the chart, I'm sure Crystal was someone that was giving Erica pushback during that time. But yeah, I can see a budding friendship between these two and I think it would also be really fun I mean we've seen more of Crystal this season we've seen um a lighter side of her her in Vegas was really fun and I think that the two of them could be I I would like to see more of them and kind of like what what comes of that friendship all right so moving over to Potomac I don't really have anything astrological to say although You know, I wanted to kind of look at Mia and Karen's sinistry, but based on what I think it was Giselle or maybe it was Wendy, one of them said that she lies about her age. So I don't even know. I like I I'm hesitant to use Mia's chart to talk about her. Um, I thought it was at first I was really confused as to why they weren't rolling weed at a weed launch event. But then I looked it up and weed actually didn't become legal in maryland until june or july it was legalized in july 2023 so that was a little i don't know why not just wait until it's legal maybe they weren't filming when it's legal i don't really i don't know the dates that they were filming wendy snubbing NECA over and over and over again i mean NECA literally is sticking out her neck constantly giving trying to provide olive branches to wendy I don't know if I have her correct birth information, but let's talk about what I was able to find. So I have the birthday of September 12th, 1987 in Boston, Massachusetts for NECA. Her tagline is Nigeria raised me, LA made me, and Potomac will remember me. So she doesn't even mention Boston. Uh <laughs> But that would affect really just her rising signs. So the like where the planets are in the sky would remain the same. So based off of what I have, the September 12th, 1987, she's got Sun, Mars, Venus in Virgo. She can be very precise, very uh, specific about how she wants things done. Like maybe that's why her house hasn't been completed yet because like it has to be done in a certain way she wants certain things and she's willing to wait for them I don't know that's just kind of my guess but Wendy's ability to hold a grudge my god she's got Saturn and Mars in Scorpio they're both 
retrograde. Uh, retrograde planets natally, it's like sometimes an inability to connect with that planet, um, to understand it, to express yourself through it until you've kind of come to terms with it, or sometimes you can grow out of it, or but just Saturn and Mars, the two planets that I associate with fighting, really. I mean, you could any of the placements can be thrown in there. You could talk about a Mercury and how someone communicates during a fight, but I mean, Mars is action, aggression. Saturn is discipline and boundaries. I mean, these are like so much a part of how we fight. Being in Scorpio, a fixed sign, um, going deep, not letting go, not being able to move on, both being retrograde. So maybe having an even harder time to move past things. And we're really seeing that not just with NECA, but with so many of the ladies that she's had issues with in the past. I feel like Wendy's on her own show at this point. It really seems like it's her and then everyone else. I don't understand why Sharice keeps popping up. It's not that I don't like her. I just don't understand her place in this group. I know she was the original woman who started this franchise and was the reason that like this group of ladies were selected. I didn't I don't know if she was the executive producer, but she's like she was a reason for Potomac getting started. Um, but it she just like every time she shows up, it seems really random. It's not like she's a best friend of one of these women. So I I am confused by Sharice coming up here and there. What's not weird to me though is how Phaedra moving over to the traders, how Phaedra is performing on the show. And I do mean performing, performing in terms of doing well, performing in terms of the performance that she's putting on. Like Phaedra was, I wouldn't say that Phaedra was made for the traders, but Phaedra has learned to play this game, which I think is really funny when we talk about her human design in a moment but looking at her natal chart and this isn't even in relation to the traders it's just because i love phaedra and i want to talk about her chart her north node our destiny our drive what we're moving towards in this life kind of our purpose but not necessarily our purpose but it's at zero degrees capricorn and i think that really shows her hustle um, but also shows her hustle of kind of doing everything versus like when I think about a Capricorn, I think about kind of the steady, steadfast energy working on this one thing and like putting your energy into that thing and watching it grow and watching it evolve. Phaedra's all over the place, not in a bad way, in a great way. She's a lawyer. She has a funeral home. She does Reiki. I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that she's done along the way that I am forgetting, but it kind of goes against that steadfastness energy, but at the same time, not because like she's a businesswoman and she's trying things out, seeing what works and then letting things fall to the wayside while continuing to pursue what is working. So like, I don't think she practices law anymore, but those skills are really kind of helping her in the traders. You know, we're watching her talk her way out of shit um she's just so even 
Dan, I think he said something like, I should have known better than to come up across like an eloquent lawyer, however he phrased it. But yeah, like she has a way with her words. She knows how to use them. She knows how to argue. Um, but not in the sense of having an argument. She knows how to state her case, have it be what it is, and she gets the respect of everyone. She has her Pluto and Libra. So this like Libra, the scales, justice, law, Pluto, power, strength. So she just she really has this ability to kind of sway people's opinions, to show all the sides of things. She has Venus and Neptune in Sagittarius. So um, really able to convince herself that how she wants to see things is the way that things are, which only is going to help her when communicating to others, this is the truth. That Venus in Sagittarius, I feel like it's her connection to CT. Not that he has sad placements, but Sagittarius is about like Venus in Sag, I should say, is about kind of like maybe being attracted to people different from you. And CT couldn't be more different from her. She has that Pluto that's in Libra is trining her Jupiter in Aquarius. So she has that a genius energy to her. She has this innovation, this this kind of like thinking beyond what other people see as normal and knowing what works and knowing what's going to get you someplace. And then, and then of course, she has like a bunch of Scorpio placements. She's got sun, moon, Mercury and Scorpio she's able to suss things out. She's able to stay in the shadows. She's able to manipulate people with her words again. Like, oh, she really, I mean, I said I wasn't going to talk about this in terms of the show, but like, yeah, she was really made for this show. Just so wonderful. She's got her Mars and Taurus. She's going to hold again, like be really strong about what she believes. She's going to have a steadfastness to her that other people are going to see and to um again respect like she's got a lot of placements that demand respect so i love phaedra and i don't know her exact time of birth but i did run her human design chart throughout the day and here are some things that are definitely consistent no matter what time she was born First of all, she's definitely a pure generator. This means she's a generator with a sacral authority. So she has this gut instinct and intuition about things. She also has the energy to keep pushing towards whatever excites her, which shows that she, yeah, you've got all these jobs, but you're not letting anything fall through the cracks. You know, she's still a very present mom. She's still, she's able to do it all because she's doing things that she enjoys. And someone who, you know, if you're familiar with human design, you might think, oh, well, I just assumed she would be a manifesting generator. The difference between manifesting generators and generators being similar to what I was saying about that north node in Capricorn at zero degrees. Like normally I would think of a Capricorn as kind of putting their energy towards one thing and watching that one thing grow. We would think of a generator in the same way. 
versus a manifesting generator is generally associated with someone who can juggle all these balls, do all these different things, multitask. But when we look at Phaedra, while she's done many things, it seems like she really focuses on one at a time. She was a lawyer. Then she started doing the funeral business. Um, I'm not really sure. I mean, she, oh, I haven't been watching a Married to Medicine, so I'm not really sure like what she's putting her efforts towards right now. But it's kind of this like one thing at a time, even though the things do overlap. Uh, I'm not sure about her profile because she can it changes throughout the day. She could be a one three, a one four or a two four. When we look at her defined centers. Defined centers are, or any definition in your chart is where you're going to have consistent energy. Phaedra has defined G center, heart, sacral, root, and spleen. So what this tells me is she has a clear idea of who she is that's connected to the G center. She has the willpower and the drive to go after what it is that she wants. That's the heart. It's also the sacral. Um, the sacral is about like this ability to just keep having the energy to do, 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 do as long as you're lit up by that thing. She has innate sense of knowing what's healthy for her with that defined spleen, what's correct for her, what's going to keep her safe. And she knows and understands the correct timing and when to act on something and when to do something. All of these are going to serve her on the traders. Her incarnation cross, going back to just like how she moves through the world, her incarnation cross, which is um, similar to the nodes astrologically, it's kind of like if you're on the right path, this is what you're moving towards. So her incarnation cross is called the right angle cross of unexpected. It's the third iteration. Each cross has four iterations it can present as. This shows that destiny is going to throw unexpected things Phaedra's way. She's here to enjoy the ride because at the end of it all, there's a purpose. And I think we clearly see Phaedra just embracing everything that comes to her and moving through it with grace. It may be because she just has her faith and feels that, you know, people with faith are able to, there's that whole, you know, that's happening for a reason. So that can really help her to kind of live out this incarnation cross. My favorite part of Phaedra's human design chart in relation to the traders, but also, I guess, housewives, um, her son is in gate 28. Gate 28 is called the gate of the game player. So this gate falls in the splenic center. Your spleen is where you and you just have the sense of what's healthy for you, what's correct for you. Um, it's a very instantaneous knowing. So, yeah, she's going to do well in this game because she may be a housewife, but she's got that instinct, that that instinct that's driven by fear. The spleen is all about fear and it pushes you to kind of live to survive. Yeah, she's going to do what she has to to survive in this game. What we've seen of her so far, loved what she just pulled on Dan. And I would love for Phaedra to win, but only time will tell. All right, well, my computer has 5% left, and even though I'm charging it, the battery's going down and not up. So that's all I have for today. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. 
and follow along on Instagram at the Cosmic Clubhouse for more Bravo Astrology content. See you next week.